Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to the Sleepers Podcast. Greg Waddell, Carter Elliott here, your friends, your family, your favorite podcasters, hopefully, if you're listening to us. Uh, It's Tuesday, September 26th, and I think this is going to be a great episode. I'm really excited for this episode. We have three fun topics to get to. We had a lot of good comments in the Discord yesterday, some good ones on YouTube. Even everybody's doing their job well, including us. And most importantly, Cart, Sleepers made an acquisition. We have a, a new name. We have a a big recruiting ad that I'm excited to unveil to the world today. So uh, meanwhile, are you making a Paloma right now? Is that what you're doing? No, I'm not making a Paloma right now. This is just a PSA to everybody that the weather's starting to change a little bit. Okay. Need to make sure you're taking care of yourself. Uh, I like to sometimes start my morning with a little cup of emergency C, you know, not like I'm sick, not like I'm anything like that, but just, you know, something a little, get your vitamins, you know, make the you know, just make your body kind of cleanish. You know what I'm saying? Got to make sure you're drinking your water, getting enough sleep. The weather's changing. A lot of people are getting sick. So cheers, a little emergency seat cocktail. Okay. Uh, so many things off the back of this. First of all, I feel like you're going to do this every episode now where I open the episode and you just like whip something out of nowhere that you're going Whoa. to up. Calm yourself down. Good Lord. I came into this episode with the best intentions to have positive energy. And here we are. Uh, second of all, it's not emergency C. It's emergency. I do do that. I'm sorry. But... <laughs> it's a crazy botch job, man. Like, how do you have that entire segment prepared and call it emergency C? Are you surprised, though? That's insanity. Are you surprised that I call it emergency C? A little bit, yeah. Third, really? what okay. what is that tool? What was that tool you oh, were using? Oh, you got to get one of these. What is this? It's like a literally it it like mixes things so you can use it. I use it for like coffee or something like that. You can like mix things, mix pre-workout or like foam things. Like you want cold foam on your coffee. You use this and make cold foam with it. It just like it mixes. Uh, just at a loss for words on that. I mean, so many other things that are more simple than that could mix things. Yeah, but like, have have you ever had an iced coffee with like cold foam on it? Cold foam does nothing for me. <laughs> no offense, you don't like, but really, I, you don't like a nice iced coffee with like a sweet cold foam on top. In my iced coffee, I need ice and coffee. I do not need pointless foam. Can I challenge you to just get a cold foam on your next iced coffee? I've had it. I, it gets in just, the way, in my opinion, uh, of what I'm trying oh. to get at. It's all. It's like window dressing it's just it's a high maintenance add-on which goes well with your high maintenance utensil that you just pulled out to mix your drinks while you are just guzzling a glass of emergency c so fantastic start to today's episode ah deep breaths uh let's just go straight to comments we were too long on the intro yesterday so what's carter elliott's comment of the day 
Sorry, I spent I spent way too much time looking for uh looking for my mixing tool for my emergency C. Let me let me see this here. Hmm. A lot of good comments about the coaches yesterday. I will say, um, and honestly, pretty good amount of comments on your side saying that Noah Kim should start too. By the way. Thank so, you. Thank you, comment section. Good, I appreciate it. Good good, good on you for that. Uh, I'm going to go with two comments today. One, from Aiden Tree. If Walker comes out in the headband and Aikens has cornrows, MSU might not lose a game. Never see a more accurate comment. That's actually facts. Um, so I do have to read that one. And then the comment I actually would like to read comes from RDPTLL. Um the questions you raise about IU are legit. The depth of the front court and the length of the team will keep them afloat. Xavier and Galloway are experienced as any backcourt and will be solid, but it wouldn't shock me if they were to finish in the bottom half of the league. But I think they're going to finish in the three to six range and definitely a tourney team. Think about it. Xavier Johnson is a lockdown defender and an experienced point guard. Galloway is a 35 to 40% three-point shooter, a huge effort guy with loads of experience. Then you have Mbako at the three, who is probably the most talented freshman in the Big Ten. And you have a seven-footer, former five-star and wear, top 40 forward in Malik. It's a damn good starting five on paper. Damn good. Are we too harsh on Indiana? Uh, if the second name on your list of why you should be higher on Indiana is a guy whose first bullet point is good effort guy, no, we're not too harsh on Indiana. I'm just sorry. Like... I, do I like those five players all individually? Yes. They have five good Big Ten players, in my opinion. Uh, we have no idea how they mesh together. If we get two weeks into the season and it's obvious that the three-headed front court is working, we'll come on here and call it out. If Xavier Johnson's playing fantastic, we'll talk about it a ton. Like It, it is in the realm of possibility that that happens. But there, it's kind of like our segment yesterday where we were saying like which of the top four could bottom out and have a bad season. There are more reasons that Indiana could crash and burn than there are any of the other teams in the middle of the pack in the Big Ten. Like, go down the list. Xavier Johnson's availability is one. Trey Galloway, anything about him? Like, can he be a secondary guy now? He's always been like the fifth option. Can he actually step up and be one of the faces of this backcourt? Do the three guys in the front court mesh games-wise? Do the three guys in the front court mesh personalities wise? Are they all upset they're not the first option? Are they all upset that they're playing semi out of position? Does Kalel Ware actually play basketball? Like, does he have good effort at all? We have no idea. I hear Trey Galloway's effort is good. Doesn't cancel out Kalel Ware's issues there. So, like, I don't know if all of those things don't happen, then yeah, Indiana's great, <laughs> but it's highly likely that a lot of those things happen. And we haven't even talked about the fact that as good as you might like those top five, they've got no depth. They've got nothing off the bench. Gabe cups is exciting outside of that. I mean, Peyton sparks, great ad again, you added four guys in the front court that play the same position. So I would hope you got a good backup center, but I, I don't trust anything outside of the top five. And quite frankly, I don't trust the top five. So I appreciate the comment. I know we're harsh on Indiana. Uh, hopefully we're wrong, and then we can come back on here and admit that we were wrong. Yeah. If, out of anything, though, but Indiana fans should still be very excited about the future of Indiana basketball. Liam. This, Liam. Man, you got That's all that matters. If you, if you didn't – okay, obviously it's not set in stone, but it's kind of pretty the worst-kept secret right now that Liam McNeely is going to be an Indiana Hoosier um, 
if if nothing goes array or goes wrong. So just feel good about that. That's a huge win. If you didn't get that, then like mm, uh, a lot more pressure on this season. But you, you'll you'll be all right. Yeah, year away from me hyping up Indiana big time. I think is where I'm at. You'll be you'll be in on Indiana next year. I want to be in in on Indiana a lot. Uh, I like I love Candy Stripes. I love Bloomington. Yeah, that's There's, true. I I walked out of Assembly Hall and said this place is special. It's a church. It's a religious experience. Um, I I would love for Indiana to be good. Really, one of my favorite Big Ten teams of the last decade was the Tom Crean Indiana teams that were great. Even though they, I mean, they were a huge thorn in my favorite Michigan team ever's side, but. Uh, I mean, Jordan Hulls, Oladipo, Cody Zeller, Christian Watford. That team was awesome. They were fun. They should have won more in March. And uh, as soon as Indiana is good, if they have a team like that, I'd love to talk about it. I was pretty high on Indiana last year, Cart. Like, I I really like Trace and Jalen Huchfino, but those guys aren't here anymore. And the guys replacing them, I have a lot of questions on. Yeah. And you want to know what ruined those two guys you just mentioned uh, right there? Don't say it. Oh, fit. Fit. Okay. I thought you were going to make a Mike Woodson joke. No, I was gonna say the fit. Yeah, well, kind of might. Was I mean, it fit? fit? What was fit for them? What was the well, issue? No, 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 I'm saying the issue was who they played at the four. Oh, uh, the guy you have a jersey T of. Yeah, and I don't know who decides who plays at the four typically. Uh, I believe that's usually the coach. Okay. Hmm. All right, Discord. <laughs> we can move to the Discord. Tons of great comments in the Discord yesterday. Again, I'm going to try to get to all of these. Uh, at least we're doing better on time today, but apologies ahead of time if I miss something here. Uh, Travis Nelson starts us off. He said he's completely on Cart's side of this quarterback argument. Hauser got the ball at his own five-yard line down by 15 in the fourth. I just want to see him with a full week knowing he's the starter, play a full game. I don't know if he would be better than Kim, but Kim isn't doing much to warrant keeping him as the starter. So you got one person on your side in the Discord card. Hmm. Yeah. Was it you that brought up the point that you don't want to put him out there against Iowa anyway to get him like killed? Yeah, because I I mean, so I, it was bad timing on our part. We got the episode out late yesterday. More on that in the next comment. But uh, Harlan Barnett's press conference yesterday, he addressed the fact that Noah Kim is still his starter and said he likes what he is seeing from Noah Kim outside of the interceptions. I thought that was a funny quote. Like, yeah, I really love what I'm seeing. I mean, other than the really bad plays that are very present here. But um yeah, just like like he says that. I think he should say that if he's going to start Noah Kim, fine. He comes out, backs his guy. Michigan State Twitter, like <laughs> my biggest enemy, even though I'm part of this football fan base, is all over. Like I, there's just 10 different quote tweets that are like, is this guy kidding me? Like the comments under this are, how can you possibly be serious? From like well-respected, big-time followed people that I like, that I follow. And it's just like, even if you are a Caton Hauser guy, do you not see that trotting him out in Kinnick in a night game is the worst possible thing you could do for Caden Hauser's development. Like this genuinely, this goes against what I want to happen, but genuinely, if you're a Caden Hauser guy, your best case scenario is they start Noah Kim this weekend. He looks horrible because he will, because Iowa's defense is awesome. And that's a terrifying place to play. That's probably what's going to happen. So protect Caden from that. Noah does bad enough this Saturday that next Saturday against Rutgers, you can roll Caton out and he gets one start before he potentially starts in the rivalry game. That's what should happen. I think that's what is going to happen. And the Caton backers are just like upset that this is how it's playing out right now. 
so because Iowa's defense is good, is there nothing Kim can do this weekend to be like this guy is bad? Um, I kind of like look. I think whoever starts for Michigan State in this game is going to be a disaster and is going to throw picks, is going to get hit, is going to look really horrible. So uh, I think the smart move on either side, you have to start Noah Kim. Because if you want Caton to be the guy, you don't want his first experience as a starter to be as difficult as this will be. Noah Kim, like it, whether you think he deserves it or not, he's been the guy. He should be the guy. You know what you're going to get from him. It's not going to be great, but... Um, like could Noah Kim go into Kinnick and play incredible? There's like a 10% chance that happens. And if it does, then okay, he probably stays the guy, but much more likely Noah Kim rolls out, looks horrible, throws two picks. Michigan state scores three points on the road at Kinnick just because our kicker is incredible. <laughs> and then uh, if you want to make the switch, the time to make the switch would not be this week. It would be next week. And Hopefully it for you, I'm making this argument for all the people I'm arguing against, but hopefully for you, Noah Kim plays horrible. And then you can stick a fork in him and much easier task to go into Piscataway and in SHI stadium for Kate Hauser's first start. Good on you knowing that Rutgers stadium is SHI stadium. Yeah. Back in my uh, channel sales marketing days, uh, SHI was a big partner of us. So I've always been a big SHI fan. That's very impressive. Yeah, big Piscataway guy, too. Uh, moving on, Tristan Freeman says, shout out to Greg for putting it out just in time for us to finish at halftime of the second Monday night football game with how long it is, LMAO. Yeah, long episode yesterday. That's what happens, uh, one, after a weekend when we have to address some betting things, and two, when we argue with each other. So apologies. We're trying to be quicker today. I think our energy is in a good spot today. And two, we, we said this in the Discord. I asked people for some questions, but if people are wondering why the episode's been coming out later, we have been recording these at a different time than normal. We used to record these like super early in the morning. And uh, my work shifts have started a little earlier now. So we've been pushing it back a couple hours so that we can both get a little work done and then do the episode at a little breaking point. But uh, I'm open to finding a better way. Because if people really want to listen to this like over lunch or something and we're not getting the episode out in time and it's hurting our numbers, we need to fix that. And honestly, it might be hurting our numbers, Cart. Like we're not a numbers, not a math podcast, but I feel like since we've released these later, the numbers haven't been the best. Yeah, it, it, I don't know. It probably goes... I don't know. YouTube is the most confusing thing to me of all time. I feel like there's no way to actually nail down what the best way to do it is. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah. One of our videos yesterday without even any clips is already at 800, which is pretty solid for us over like in the first kind of period. Yeah, I don't hate that. I'm trying to be a four digit podcast, though. That's always the goal. We need we need four digit views on videos to feel good about it. And uh, hopefully that one strive for greatness. Uh, Ethan Basilla says Noah Kim was recruited by D'Antonio. He went through camp and all that as the starter by unanimous decision. I would think that Tucker would for sure lean towards Hauser, considering it was a guy he recruited. If he didn't feel like it was an obvious choice to choose one or the other. And by the coaches continuing to be behind Noah post Mel Tucker, I don't think it's as close as people think I get wanting to see Caton, but at the same time, why are we trying to throw a redshirt freshman on the field in big 10 play with zero weapons or offensive line? It's just setting him up for disaster. So that's a point on my side. Nice, nice little tennis match here of who's on whose side of this argument. Uh, any response to Ethan from you, Carter? No, it's a very well thought out point, Ethan. Okay. There is one element of this whole quarterback thing we didn't discuss yesterday that uh, I think I kind of hit on in the Discord. I'd like to just say out loud on the show now. Um, 
Can we talk through what would happen if you actually like gave the keys to Kate and Hauser? Because I think most Michigan State fans seem to think like get him the ball, whether it goes good or bad, he's gonna be the guy next year. So we wanna we wanna make sure he feels great and loved by this staff and blah blah blah. Do whatever you can for Caden. I can understand that line of thinking. Here's the problem with that. If you give Caden the ball right now on this team and Caden does play well. He's getting poached by a different program with a different coach immediately. And if he plays poorly, you know. <laughs> so like, or even if he plays poorly, he might leave anyway and go to a lesser program, right? Like, I, I just feel like if you honestly kind of want to keep Caton, it might be better for your interest for no one to know if he's good or not. Right? Well, I, like, I, I, I want to know if he's good or not. Yeah, I just... I, mean, like, I want to know he's good or not. And if he wants to leave and gets poached, then then my young my then I have my younger king in waiting. Okay. I I feel like it's just an underrated element of this of like if Caton plays well, gets the job the next six games, and then they hire Mike Elko, and Mike Elko's like, hey, Riley Leonard's our quarterback. Okay, Caton, bye-bye. And Michigan State. Well, Michigan, it, okay well but if Caton's good, at least he can win us a couple football games this year. Hope. Is a strong thing. <laughs> it is. It's it's just such a tough spot, man. Like, I kind of it's like I go to the Michigan basketball comp. Like Doug McDaniel can be really good this year. They're gonna be bad. It is what it is. Like Caden or Noah could be good. The team's probably pretty bad anyway. All the good players on this team aren't there right now. So, um, okay, scrolling through, trying to find more. This was really a, a big back and forth on Caden versus Noah yesterday. You said you have 40 hashtag Kinnick Caton t-shirts in your inventory. Would you like to address that? Is that a real thing or not? So it's in the cart and I want to order it because I want to, I want to trademark that for sleepers. If somehow Caton gets in and goes dumb, you know, like hoodie mellow, you know, aircraft, Sissoko, that type of, that type of player. Kenneth Caton. There's a lot of K's in Kinnick. I guess it could also be Kenneth Kim. I, I would, yeah, I would hesitate at the the heavy K's. I just, I don't like that. I don't think we, I don't think we want that. Um, Dion Hillford, Friday, uh, Riley Friday, participant last Friday. I think Dion may be on the show for a couple more weeks here. He said, he saw this on Twitter and he's curious. Our answer is Taylor Swift, a better artist than Travis Kelsey is a football player. Mm, that's subjective. I feel like uh, Taylor Swift is bigger than Travis Kelsey, like fame wise, but I, I don't know. That's all subjective. How you feel about Taylor's music and people. I mean, Travis Kelsey is the best tight end of all time in NFL history. So is he? Yeah. I think Gronk is very clearly a better tight end than Kelsey. Mm, I don't think so. I'm really confused on that. And yeah, I love and Kelsey. Kelsey's still and Kelsey's still playing. I, I just would have Kelsey a clear too. I mean, he's got to catch him in Super Bowls. He's got to catch him in touchdowns. He's got to catch him everywhere. How many Super Bowls does Gronk have? Uh, I don't know off the top of my head, but I think at least three or four, right? Mm, maybe. And I think... We might need to check those stats. Kelsey might have like damn near almost the most touchdowns of all time out of a tight end. Let's let's do some math on this because I I think you're underestimating Gronk a lot. Uh, Gronk, no, uh, Gronk's Gronk's like two for me. 
Gronk is a four-time Super Bowl champion. He has 93 career touchdowns. Uh, Travis Kelsey. Looking. Antonio Gates has the most touchdowns of all time. Travis Kelsey has 74 career touchdowns. So he's 20 touchdowns back. He'll catch him there. He's got to catch him on Super Bowls, man. I don't know. Is it, Gronk was like a bigger moment, though, right? Like bigger slap. Yeah, I mean, bigger Gronk was a bigger moment. Gronk also called it quits pretty early. Mm-hmm. That's why, like, like, like yeah. Gronk, Gronk and Kelsey right now had the most, like the same amount of games played, I believe. Yeah, which is like, I mean, it's crazy. He has 20 more touchdowns than in that span and more Super Bowls, too. I don't know. Like, Gronk was one of one to me. I would have Kelsey clearly like two. I think he's the second best. I love Travis Kelsey, but uh, my answer to Dion's question would be Taylor Swift. And I don't uh, identify as a Swifty, but I respect her greatness. I think she is one of the 10 best musical artists probably ever best selling. She's got a clear cult following that matters. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think she holds the power in this relationship. It is what that it is. cult following is crazy. It's crazy. It's kind of fun to watch, honestly. Uh, I think most people in our comments section agree that it was Taylor Swift. Uh, and then Ethan is back. He says, who is the worst NFL quarterback all time that could lead this Michigan State team to a Big Ten championship? This quarterback would have had to put up like 70 against Washington behind basically a Lansing Catholic offensive line. I like this wow. question a lot. It's a fun- Lansing Catholic shot. I mean, Cooper Rush and Matt Max, who won us a title with nothing. Actually, not not Joe Pritch was he was an important piece of that defense. Outside of that, they didn't have much. <laughs> uh, trying to think. Hmm. The worst NFL quarterback of all time that could yeah. actually lead this team this season that would take Michigan State to a Big Ten championship. I'm trying to think of the worst quarterbacks. Justin Fields. See, I don't think he would even. I was I was going through the names here. Like Justin Fields is great, obviously, and would be great at the college level now, but he wasn't like a guarantee Big Ten championship at Ohio State, even in his years. Like he had to work for it at least. And Aiden, Aiden O'Connell? Aiden I don't O'Connell. know, man. I like I I think you take a lot of Good NFL quarterbacks put him on this team, and the defense is still bad enough to lose games. Yeah, but they might be, the offense might be good enough to score so much, like he said, like scoring seventy against Washington or something like that. You think Field scores every time with this? You have you seen how many drops? Like, yeah, true. But also, he could run around too. Like having that dynamic bit would help, especially with this offensive line. I think if you're going the. It, it has to be a guy who just runs around and makes shit happen. Route. I would pick Lamar Jackson. But I think even Lamar is unlikely to win a Big Ten title this year. That's cr- that's crazy. I really do. I, d- I don't think they have enough elsewhere, man, at all. That's tough. But um, I don't know. Depressing answer for me. That is uh, depressing. We need a we need a former NFL MVP <laughs> to to be bowl eligible. Well, like let's go go through the highest of highs here. If you added Pat Mahomes to this Michigan State team, do you think they go undefeated? I don't <laughs> like, I don't I, think they do. There's so many holes elsewhere. <laughs> that's crazy to think about. I know. I know. I mean, I don't know. They I, would, they would obviously be good if they had have homes. I might need a football, a Michigan state football, like sabbatical discussion, sabbatical. 
I need a football expert. Like one of my guys, I, I got some football guys. I need one of my guys to tell me like, hey, if you put superstar quarterback on this team, does that make them national champs or not? I don't know. I would like Twitter's answer and I want my football guys to hit me up offline and let me know the answer. Uh, Dion says he needs to know what event you did in field. His guess is shot put. Correct. Is that an obvious guess for anyone who didn't hear the first time? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very obvious. Yeah. Okay. Shot put. Did a little bit of high jump, a little bit of long jump, but mainly shot put. You did high jump? Yeah. Only because you needed like a certain amount of people to like participate in the event to qualify for points. Uh, we had a national champion world-class high jumper. His name was Dardis. Uh, and wow. he, he, he was jumping like seven feet. Like he's insane athlete. Couldn't dunk a basketball, but had like a 47 inch vertical. It was absolutely stupid. How can you not uh, dunk a basketball? Could he not palm it? I, 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 he couldn't like control his body. I think hmm. in the air. Cause like high jump is a lot of technique with it too. It's not just like jumping high. That's kind of why I was an okay high jumper. I had good, I had good form. Okay. I can see that. I'm just not like, I'm picturing this guy just like crashing into the backboard. <laughs> can't figure out how to dunk it. Honestly, that's kind of how it looked like. It's like the Mighty Ducks guy who was just too fast on the ice, but he couldn't stop. Uh, yeah. It, no, it's kind of like, it's kind of like that. It, it, every time he jumped, it looked like those guys at the halftime show, the basketball game with the trampoline. And like, they would just jump on it and kind of like go too far sometimes. That's, that's that was him. Absolutely hilarious. Trevor Salee says, maybe this is just his Purdue allegiance, but can we agree that Hunter Dickinson is up there in the villain conversation? Uh, I was going to reply to this in the Discord yesterday, but I held off because I wanted to say this on the episode. I don't think you can include Hunter Dickinson in the villain conversation. Here's why. Hunter so clearly wanted to be the bad guy that it was so clear he wasn't an actual bad guy. Like to me, a good bad guy and go up and down the list of our top 10, all the names that we mentioned yesterday, all those guys were not trying to be villains. All those guys were not putting on a character. All those guys like genuinely wanted to be viewed as good guys. They just did weird, dirty, just mean things in games. Or I don't know, like Timmy wasn't dirty, but he was just like such a doofus, you know, like Hunter to me was like stretching so hard for everyone to believe he's the bad guy. And that to me, I was a Michigan fan. I get it, but I, I don't factor him in as a villain. Cause I couldn't take him serious. Yeah. Also, I think to be a villain, you gotta be, I mean, obviously this contradicts what I said, which is completely on brand for who I am as a podcaster, but to be a true villain, you got to look outside of the big 10 world a little bit too. I think, I don't think Hunter Dickinson was a villain to anyone else except for like other big 10 programs. I think there's not even all big 10 programs difference between a villain and a clown. And only, only the greatest of the greats can do both. That's why the Joker exists. But uh, Hunter was a clown. He was not a villain in my opinion. Basketball Jones said he has the ultimate answer to the question of the worst big 10 player who we, I think we did that in the comments yesterday, right? It was basically who's the worst guy that actually kept playing. He said, on a team that includes Luca Garza, Keegan Murray, Chris Murray, Joe Wieskamp, Jordan Bohannon, CJ Frederick, Jack Nungy, Joe Toussaint, Tony Perkins, and Patrick McCaffrey, Connor McCaffrey started every single game despite shooting 32% from the field. (laughs) It's a great call out. That's a great, that's amazing call out. Fantastic call out. Also, like, 
I've been known to be a Fran guy in the past. I'd like to have a Fran dialogue after hearing Uh-oh. those names. How is how is that team not like the best team in the country? Clearly, was that team one of the best teams in the country at least for a little bit? Garza, Murray, Murray, Wieskamp, Frederick, Nunji, Bohannon. Were they up there that season, though? Their 10th guy was Patrick McCaffrey. Yeah, that's pretty bad. That's crazy. That's Um, pretty bad. I I just never understood, like, it felt like he never unleashed the Murray twins. Like, shouldn't, if, if, if Luca Garza just plays like 35 minutes at the five and you play the two Murrays at the three and the four with them. I think that team's insane. And it yeah, doesn't matter. For, especially for a team that had so much riding on playing brothers. Like you played your own sons. I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah. Uh, Matt F says Rex Grossman as his answer to who's the worst NFL QB of all time that could take Michigan State. Do you like that answer? Could Rex Grossman make Michigan State win the Big Ten? No, but Rex Grossman was actually good too, by the way. He was. Super Bowl starting quarterback, I believe. Uh, Fam. Says cart keeping the pumpkin loaf private pre-show to offer up something in the intro is what separates this show from the field. So I do, man. Malik Perry says MSU football better find ways to win, switch it up or something. As basketball, I defend them until I consider them bad, not someone else. It's that simple. I the thing is, I don't know if this as as much as I say, like I want Kate to play. I'm not saying like I want Caden to play because it's going to flip the switch for like Michigan State football as a whole. I don't really know if there's any strings to pull with this team. Like this, this is what they are. Yeah, I think they're all out of string, to be honest. It's just picking a which color string do you want? It's like when you go to the dentist and they're like, which floss do you want today? It's all floss, you know? I don't like, I don't want floss, but yeah. I got to pick a floss. Like what flavor fluoride do you want? Yeah. I mean, fluoride sucks either way, but I guess bubblegum. Yeah, exactly. Ulamog uh, called something important out here. He says, joining the Discord on an iPad will incur the 30% fee. He's not sure what it is on Android. Uh, so that's a good note just for everybody trying to join. You have to join this on a desktop in order to not incur some ridiculous app store fee that we don't know about. Also, Car- how do you feel about this uh, in efforts to try to get people over uh, can I start reading people who join the Discord but haven't actually like paid to join the Discord? What will that do? I just want to like sh- like last night we got Cauliflower. Cauliflower joined the Discord, but he's not actually in the Discord. I would love to have you in the Discord, Cauliflower. Please, even though even though I hate Cauliflower. I'm just I'm trying to give like a little personal like Storm and Norman 79 on Sunday. Join the Discord. Would love him to be in the Discord, but he's not That's all the true. way in the Discord. That's it's a crushing. great name, too. Like, come on, Stormman. We need you, Stormman Norman. Uh, then from here, we got into some really deep Trey Holloman discussions. Uh, I think we're going to talk about some of this on a segment today, but Michigan State had their whole first practice video drop. The results were pretty impressive. That will be discussed in the segment later this episode. Um but yeah, Trey, Trey Holloman is like a big point of discussion here. Do you have any Trey Holloman thoughts quickly before we do the full discussion? Uh, if Trey Holloman is a major factor on this year's team, we will lose 15 games. Okay. Uh, Tristan, a couple quick ones here. Tristan's asked, how much did I run to burn off those donuts? Just my typical mile a day. That's all it is. Stick to the regime. 
it is what it is. Uh, you know, over time, stack it up. Good day after good day after good day after good day. You get great results, my friend. You think you're uh, going to up it ever? What'd you say? You're going to up it? In order for me to up it, it would require me to like running. That's the oh, big mental So you still hate do you, I thought you like it now. No, I love the routine of it. But while I'm actively doing it, I'm not like, yeah, this is fun. Okay. No runner's high? No runner. I mean, like the post runner's high. Like I get home and I'm like, I'm feeling accomplished. It's 730 and I just knocked my mile out. I'm healthy. I'm losing weight, all this stuff. But yeah, in the in the middle of the run, like when I get to like 0.6 of a mile and I know I got 0.4 left, I'm not like, oh, I'm hitting my stride. I could go for two today. Like, you know, I'm like, I'm, I'm getting my job done and then I'm going home to do my other jobs. Okay. Understand. Yeah. Maybe that changes one day. I hope. Uh, speaking of hope, Derek says, I can't tell you not to hope. What a bar by me. Uh, did you think about that last night at all, Cart? I mean, that was kind of a pivotal moment in our argument yesterday is I can't tell you not to hope. I mean, it was a pretty good bar by you, but I I kind of also wiped that out of my out of my memory. I don't like that anger. I don't like holding that angry segment in, in my heart. I let it go. Okay. Um, all right. Then the rest of this is really just Trey Holloman discourse and no offense to Trey Holloman or anyone in the discord, but we're not going to do 10 more comments on the show on Holloman. We will do a Michigan state segment. So maybe his name will come up later. Thank you to everybody in the discord. You can join the discord. Where can you join the discord cart? Where can people find how to do that? You go to discord, you go to servers, which will be on the left side of the screen. And I'm talking like this because you're on your desktop because the desktop is where you get the best price in the situation. Go to your top left corner to the search bar, search sleepers media, you can join there, get into the server, get join into the server, enter your payment information. You get one month for $9.99, and then you're in it, and you get access to all the different channels, all the different discussion, access to me and Gregory. And then once from there, you can do you know the downloading of Discord app on any other device that you have. Like I joined on the desktop that I'm recording on right now, and then I also have, you know, discord on my phone as well so you can have all the different you know as you can see a lot of different discussions a lot of different channels going on in here you're missing out not being in here just let that be known i know there's uh been a lot of negative rumors thrown our way on this topic but i uh, i just want to make it abundantly clear draw the line in the sand for once we are not a pro-slavery podcast but essentially when you pay for the discord Card and I become your slaves. Like you, you buy twenty percent of us individually. That's what happens. That is uh, crazy. Is it not? Is it not somewhat accurate though? Like I've been home on like a Thursday night, and my wife's like, "Hey, give me your full attention," and I'm like, "No, sorry. Like I got to reply to Ulamog real quick. Like <laughs> he owns twenty percent of me. It is what it is. Uh, and if that's not worth it to you." I don't know what to tell you, but again, to be very clear, not a pro-slavery podcast. Uh, no. Just, you know, you can buy 20% of us as people if you pay for the disc. Jesus, man, I don't know where I'm going with this. I mean, uh, I, I see the vision. I tried to tee up just to say link in the description, by the way, but you gave a much more well thought out answer. So thank you for that. The link is in the description of all of our episodes and videos on YouTube. Let's get to our topics. I am so excited to unveil some huge news on behalf of Sleepers Media today, Cart. Um, this has been in the works for about a week now. As everyone knows, we are a media company. And every offseason, Carter and I have some meetings where we discuss what is next for Sleepers. How do we take the next big step? What do we need as an organization to get where we want to get this year? 
and we did a little competitive assessment. We looked at all of the other college basketball media outlets that are out there, all of the different sites, all of the different podcasts, all of the different Twitter accounts. And we said, what is nobody else doing that we need to be doing that would separate us, that would make us different, that would make us better than everybody else that's out there? And you know what we found that we need to start doing, Cart? Lists. So we have a lists guy. That is the news today. We have acquired a guy. Quite literally, we acquired a guy. His name is Guy. He's our list guy. Guy the list guy who gives us guys guys two times a week is now officially in play. Uh, shout out to Guy. He cold emailed us. He It was honestly the most impressive email I've ever said. I don't think he was like applying for a job in the email, but I mean, it was like, hey, here's who I am. I listen to the show. Here's seven different inside jokes about sleepers, like from the history of this podcast. And uh, if there's ever an opportunity to write for you, you know, I would love it. And I said, you know, we don't we don't have much use for writing. We do have use for lists, guys. So a uh, guy and jumped we, all and over we have, this. And we have use for a guy. Guy jumped all over this. We're never going to turn down a guy. Like, if we have a chance to get guy, we're going to get guy. And we have a guy now. Sleepers officially have a guy. That's the breaking news. Uh, so today, I'm very excited to unveil the first edition of Guy's Guys. And it's Guy's Glue Guys. Guy made a list of his 10 glue guys. Uh, and then he sent it to us. We did a little bit of tweaking. That's how this will work in general with any of Guy's Guys lists. Uh, it will come out on the sleepers account. We will post this as a graphic and uh, anybody can hopefully disagree or agree with us there. We get sign off on these lists before they go public. So anything you see from guy is an official sleepers media list, but also like in its heart, it's guys, guys, like we're, we're not going to too much blow up guys, guys, guys going to give us his guys. And we're going to say, Hey guy, I like your guys, but maybe think about these guys. And then guys going to ultimately make the call on guys, guys. So guys, glue guys, uh, actually, you know what, before I read the glue guys cart, can I just get a, an official statement on you? Like this is the first time sleepers have officially added to the team and we got a guy. Are you excited about guy? How do you feel about our guy? Oh, I'm hundred percent in on guy. Uh, and it honestly, I didn't have to read past the email because the subject line and the fact that it came from Guy, I was 100% in off rip. And then just completely, completely drew me in with all the content that was actually in the email. And the fact that we could say, we, you know, we got our guy. We got a guy. Like, imagine every great podcast, I think you ask them to do something or you ask them, you know, what's going to happen next. And you'd be like, oh, yeah. Don't worry, we got a we got a guy for that. We have our guy. Imagine have imagine being a podcast without guy. Could yeah. be me. I I think all good organizations need to have a guy. But to be clear, not all guys can be guy. And our guy is our guy. I think he's the best guy there is, uh, for the job that is our guy. And I'm very excited about this. This will be fun. So yeah, the plan is. Guy's going to give us basically a list or a rankings or something that he wants to do. He can be creative with it. He's going to do this twice a week. We're going to do a segment on it twice a week, hopefully on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And uh, we'll post the graphic out to Twitter and Instagram and all that as well. It'll help us on social media a lot. And shout out to Guy for real, because this is this is not a joke. I bet there's some people who are like, oh, Greg and Carter are just doing this and they're making up Guy. This is not a joke. Guy is a real guy. 
Uh, and he's hilarious and good. Like I, we kind of threw this at him. Like, would you be interested? And then like an hour later he had made the graphic and everything looked great. And he had never made a graphic before. So a uh, shout out to guy. First of all, here's the first edition of guys, guys, this is guys top 10 glue guys presented by sleepers media. Uh, I'm just going to read them one through 10. Dewan Harris, Kansas point guard, top glue guy. Number two, uh, Braden Smith, Purdue. Number three, Stevie Mitchell, Marquette. Number four, Brooks Barnheiser, Northwestern. Number five, Ty Rogers, Illinois. Number six, Brian Greenlee from Florida Atlantic. Number seven, Nick Honor from Missouri. Number eight, uh, Kylan Boswell from Arizona. Number nine, Augustus Marshallonis from St. Mary's. And number 10, Mawat Mag from Rutgers. Some honorable mentions here, Carter, a couple that I think uh, you and I will definitely, we, we had to tweak guys, guys a little bit to get these guys on the list. Jay Nakins from Michigan State is on the list. Namari Burnett from Michigan is on the list. And Lamont Butler from San Diego State, famous Final Four shot, is also on the list. Those are our three honorable mentions. So, glue guys, the qualifications for that list were these guys had to have scored less than 10 points per game last season. There's our list, guys list, guys, 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 glue guys. How do you feel about this list, Cart? So based on the qualifications, uh, the averaging under 10 points a game, I, I honestly feel really, really good about this list. And I know that the first names on here are the ones I think that pop out because they popped out to me at first too. But then I took a step back. If Dewan Harris and Braden Smith have their floor, let's say, of a ceiling, their floor is a really good glue guy. That's what it is. Like if they don't have the best season or something like that, I think their floor is a glue guy. Now they're one of the couple guys on here that I think actually can take a step and get out of glue guy range. But at worst, like Dewan Harris was already a glue guy on a national championship team. Like he already was one of those guys. So, and then Braden Smith is probably one of the, best glue guys in the country as well, being the the guy next to or that plays with Zach Eady, who's national player of the year. So I really like this list. Um, my favorite shout, and I think you already know who it's going to be, is Barnheiser. Barnheiser's special, man. I don't care what anyone says. I will be leading the Barnheiser charge all season. He's one of my favorite players in the Big Ten. And I might be many of the few people on that bandwagon, or the one of the few people on that bandwagon, but I think he he is the prototypical glue guy for me. I think he does a little bit of everything. Um, haircut is questionable. Uh, that's that's really what I look for in a glue guy. There was a lot of Barnheiser love in Northwestern's first day of practice video. I thought you'd be excited about it. I almost sent it to you, but I kind of hoped you would send it to me, quite frankly. Uh, now, I believe Boo Booey was not practicing in that video. So Brooks, well, by default, had to be. There's a reason one. I didn't send it. What's the reason? Because <laughs> it, it, it was like someone had just sent Michigan State, and I know we're not big pregame like or preseason video guys like that. Yeah, we are. Yes, we are. Are we? Oh, yeah. We are? Oh, like drawing yeah. conclusions from those 30-second uh -huh. clips? Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Didn't know that. But if we are doing that, Michigan State's was special. Northwestern's wasn't. But a lot of Barnheiser, but Northwestern's was not special. 
I mean, it it would be what I would expect from a Northwestern practice video without Boo Booey, right? That's true. Uh, I, I don't hold that against them. Brooks was heavily involved, though. That's just what I want to say. I thought he looked pretty good. Uh, okay, so my main point with this, glue guy. Let's define it real quick because I think that can mean anything to anyone. It's not a term like like point guard. There is no defining what a point guard is unless you're Brad Underwood and Illinois fans that think Ty Rogers is something he's not. Uh, a glue guy could be like the guy who doesn't stuff the stat sheet but plays really hard off the bench. A glue guy could be a guy who has the ball in his hands a lot and is a connecting piece. A glue guy could be a defensive first guy, like a 3 and D guy. Ultimately, for me, I view a glue guy as someone who is integral to what your team is trying to do. That's how I defined this. Like whatever your team's identity is, could that team's identity be what they want it to be without this guy? That's how I interpreted this list. And I think all of these guys are critical to their teams in one way or another. The two big ones are obviously Dewan Harris and Braden Smith. I think we'll get a lot of pushback on this or guy will get a lot of pushback on this, that those guys are too good to be qualified as glue guys. Here's what I would say to that. There's a lot of different types of glue. Okay. Like gorilla glue, glue, Elmer's glue stick glue. Okay. It's all glue. Dewan Harris and Braden Smith are gorilla glue to me. Like those guys clearly make their teams go. There's a chance that those guys will be the second best player on their team. They should be the second best player on their team. Dewan Harris might be the first best player on their team. Those guys could get themselves into the Koozie Award nominations. They really could. They're gorilla glue. Okay. Because ultimately at the end of the day, those guys are not out to score 20 points a game. Those guys are out to make everybody else on their team better. They're integral to what Kansas and Purdue individually are going to do this season. They have to take a jump and they didn't score 10 a game last year. So we're allowed to put them on the list. Guys allowed to put them on their list. I like their inclusion. I stand by their inclusion there Uh, down this list outside of those two, though, I think is where it gets more interesting because obviously those two are good players. Everybody else is kind of like good role player type, but can they be something more? Obviously, Kylan Boswell should take on a bigger role this year. Um, you know, I think he, he probably belongs more on like a breakout star list than a glue guy list, but going up and down this list and you could include honorable mentions too. give me one name. Well, you said Barnheiser, give me one name outside of Barnheiser that, uh, you believe is a great addition on this list. And then give me one name. You don't think I should have included on this list. Hmm. Let's see. So actually going against what I, I, I don't think many would expect me to say this. But I think that uh, Mitchell, Stevie Mitchell, was a great inclusion of a glue guy on this team because I think you automatically think also Kolick, uh, Cam Jones. But Mitchell does a lot of things and does a lot of dirty work for that Marquette team that I think that are that's integral to them winning. And that's one of the big things for me when I think about glue guys is that what they do complements the not the better players, but maybe the more higher usage players around them while also equating to winning. And I think that Mitchell is a perfect example of that. Um, I always use the argument of probably the most recent special glue guy in my mind was Mark Vital to those Baylor teams. Um, he was a guy that didn't necessarily – I mean, he stuffed the stat sheet, but nothing crazy, did everything he had to do with those three great guards. So – I think Stevie Mitchell is a great inclusion on here. Ty Rogers as well, I think, is a guy who can fill the stat sheet, but 
I don't know if you ask Illinois fans, they might need him to be more than a glue guy, more than an Elmer's glue guy to actually reach their level of greatness. But if you're looking at just straight up the, uh, I mean, Jay, I don't want to be a homer here, but Jay Nakins actually might be the best glue guy in the country when you actually think about it. I was going to ask you then, do you, do you have pushback to me for saying Jay Nakins should be on this list? Like, is, is he above the glue guy? glue guy qualification uh maybe but also like no uh i I don't know like if he averages 14 points a game this year is he still a glue guy no no he'd be a featured scorer guy then okay then i guess he can't be a glue guy but i i see no i I think he could be like i think if jay nakins is what he's been the last two years again then he's a glue guy and he's a very good glue guy yeah, I don't know. I just think that what Jay Nakes can do just equates to winning so much too. Just like I, his style of play is what his style of play is glue guy to me. Like I think he does all the little things. He knocked down shooters. He's a great defender. He just he he touches a lot of boxes. I feel like. Yeah. Yes, he he does touch a Checks lot. A lot of boxes. Touches a lot of boxes. Um, Checks a lot. God damn it. Um. <laughs> You didn't give me a name you don't like on the list. Give me one name you don't like on the list. Give me give me a guy you're mad at guy for having in guys guys. Uh Nick Honor. <laughs> Why? Uh one because of his headshot and two he's been in college too long. <laughs> Come on, man. No, okay. I think I think Nick I think Nick Honor's too too good to be on this list. Oh wow. Okay. Actually. Okay. I'm surprised he averaged less than 10 last year. I thought I thought he was like Kobe Brown's sidekick kind of. Yeah. Um yeah, in my head, Nick Honor averaged like 13 a game last year, honestly. Yeah, I was I was I was surprised by that. Also, um, sh- again, shout out to Guy. Can't say it enough, but like I was like, hey, I think we should add a qualifier here. They have to score less than 10 a game. Cause his first list had some pretty big names on it. And uh he just like within an hour had it. Like <laughs> this this kid is I mean, he's our guy. Like I said, he's our guy. Uh, let me give mine real quick. The one I like that's included is number 10 on this list. I like Moat Mag. I don't think we talk enough about him. Um, I think, you know, there's concerns uh, on availability with him after this stuff that happened at the end of last season. But um, he was cleared for non-contact. Hopefully he can get back on the court at some point. And he's critical. Like now that Mulcahy and Spencer are gone, I don't know that we know what he can do offensively, or at least we don't love what he can do offensively, but I think he needs to be like, uh, for lack of a better word, a guy for Rutgers for them to be anything special this year. And he's capable of that. The one I don't like, I I think I briefly alluded to it. I don't think Kylan Boswell should be on this list. I think Kylan Boswell should be uh, on like a breakout players list, which will probably be done at some point from us here with guy. But uh, to me, he's just a guy who didn't have the big role last year. Like nothing he does was necessarily like glue for Arizona. That team was how the front court guys were. And this year's team, if they play who I think they're going to play, is going to go how Caleb Love takes them. It's not going to go how Boswell takes them. So um, I don't know. To me, a guy you hope maybe like top 10 point guards or breakout players or something, not necessarily a glue guy. So uh, I think I think Jaden Bradley ends up being the Arizona glue guy. I like that. I would have liked that name better than Boswell, but um, you know, still, still, still a great list guy. Great ten out of ten for guy on his first list of guys here. But wait, so before we move on, just a, I want to get a quick statement. It's the end of the season. Who ends up being the best glue guy in the country? 
And is he on this list? In order, see, to me, like Barnheiser's disqualified from that because I don't think Northwestern's going to be good enough for like the best glue guy in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do. I actually, I'll call out a name that is on the list. I think Greenlee from Florida Atlantic. Uh, I think Florida Atlantic is going to be really good again. And I think they've got their players who are going to play the big roles again. Greenlee's not going to be asked to do more than he did last year, which was be an incredible glue guy. So uh, I like that. I think that's a top 10 team. And I think end of the day, he's probably the best of the best as far as like fourth, fifth option guys go. Okay. I think two shouts I would give. I think Kevin McCuller will be on the, will be on the, will be the Kansas glue guy. He doesn't uh, count though. Cause he's over the 10 a game, right? Was he over 10 a game last year? I'll check real quick. But I, so when we were building this out and giving feedback, I was going to propose McCuller over Harris, but McCuller averaged 10.7 a game last mm-hmm. year. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I guess this other guy I say won't. Okay. This guy that I'm going to say definitely was over the 10 points a game last year, but I think he becomes a glue guy this year. It's, it's Cormac Ryan for North Carolina. Ah, I like that one. Yeah, I think he I think he can be a really good glue guy to like fit in to that North Carolina team. I love that the one rule that we gave guy to make his glue guys list is now a rule that you're just totally ignoring when you get who the best glue guy in the country will be. That's hilarious to me. Uh last thing on the glue guys list. I uh he wanted Dane Danger. That was the original Illinois name on this list. And I think it was in the same spot as Ty Rogers. I said, I don't think Dane's a glue guy. I said, if, if we're going to include an Illinois guy, it should be Ty Rogers. Do you agree or disagree with me on that? I agree because I also think one of the parameters of being a glue guy should be if you ask that guy or you call that player a glue guy, they don't take it as disrespectful. You call Dane Danger a glue guy, he's liable, I think, to swing on you. Yeah, I agree with that. I would like uh, maybe if guys listening to this, I think the next list Thursday of this week should be buckets. That's it. The top 10 buckets in the country. Uh, guys who are just buckets. I've talked about it with Sensiball before. Like he's a bucket, but he's just a bucket. That's what I want. I want the top 10 just a buckets. I think Dane Danger would be on that list. That'd be a fun list too, because it would be uh, positionally versatile, I think. Yeah. I think a lot of people would want us to put Edie on that list too, and I wouldn't allow it. It would also, uh, it would include a lot of our favorite players in the country, the list of just buckets. Love a good bucket. Why isn't Edie on your just a bucket list? Well, because I think that people would say that he's he he's not on my just a bucket list, but I'm saying people are going to come on. He doesn't do anything else. He oh. doesn't. He doesn't. He's not a good defender. He's just he's just big. Oh yeah, We're, we have more respect for Edie. I'm also yeah. just enjoying the concept if we go from guys glue guys as his first list to guys bucket list as <laughs> the second one. This is fantastic. I'm having so much fun with our guy, you guys. It's incredible. Shout out to guy. Uh, interact with the list. We're gonna put this out on Twitter and socials later. Please go interact with it. Support the show. Uh, help that get going. Get some traction on socials so people can find this very show. Let's move to topic number two: Michigan State. I want to talk about their rotation. They dropped the practice video yesterday. It was electric. I'm not going to front. I do not root for Michigan State basketball. Uh, I alluded to it. I am a guy who will overreact to offseason practice videos. I think people make fun of me for this a lot. They're like, oh, Greg's just overreacting at everything again. I want to give an official statement on that. If you're a basketball fan, man, enjoy basketball. 
why would we not overreact to things like that? Michigan State just gave us this awesome video where Tyson Walker's in a headband and Jay Nakins in cornrows and everybody's flying around dunking on everyone to the point they had to hide the face of who Xavier Booker crammed on. But I did my body language PhD and deciphered exactly who it was. And I might reveal it later in this segment. Point is. I'm going to overreact, man. That's way more fun. It's not fun to be a college basketball fan who just shrugs everything off and is like, well, nothing matters until the games get here. Like, no, this is a year-round sport. I'm going to enjoy the thing I love more than anything in my family that's not my wife and daughter, okay? Let me live. And today we're going to overreact to Michigan State because the video was awesome. That's your team. This team looks incredible on paper. I love the vibes. I love the body language. I love everything about this team on paper. Uh, now, Izzo was asked some questions and he gave the typical coach speak answers. But there's one thing I picked out that's very intriguing to me. He said he intends to play 11 players and he's done this before. That's a thing that works for Michigan State. We've spent three years saying he's playing too many players. Uh, he's got to trim the rotation this year. I think there's a lot of guys who do deserve minutes. But if you go up and down the list cart, 11 is a lot. And 11 likely includes at least one guy that I don't think deserves minutes. So let's let's dive into that a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. what, what does 11 guys mean for Michigan State basketball this season? So uh, obviously, you know, following Michigan State basketball, one of the greatest pastimes is literally attempting to play all 12 players on the team to at least start the season, no matter what. That's just, that's one of the greatest pastimes of Michigan State basketball. It's probably forever going to be that way. There's going to be funky rotations come around January, February. That's just how the program operates, whether we're good or we're bad. Um, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. Last year, it was frustrating, or in previous years, it's frustrating when you try to go 11 deep or 10 deep, and you don't actually have the talent to do that. So, if this team ends up going like nine to 10 deep, I actually think there's nine to 10 players that probably warrant minutes on this basketball team. 11 is a little bit of a stretch. I think, I, I don't think that's going to last too long. I think he just said 11 off the top of his head. Um, so I'm honestly, I'm not too concerned about it. Those type of things also work themselves out as well. Once actual games come around, but I think it's safe to say, and you should feel good as a Michigan state fan that this team actually has the talent on paper to play that many players 11 might be a stretch but i feel confident saying like nine to ten guys deserve to get minutes on this team and one more thing i want to comment on coach Izzo said in his press conference this is this is coach speak 101 right here that the thing that he's concerned most about this team right now is leadership and shot selection let me translate that for you we are nasty Okay, that's the I can't find anything else to say bad about my team. So I'm going to go to the I'm going to go to the safe route here. I'm going to say leadership and shot selection. We are nasty. Everyone should feel amazing right now. If you want to talk about overreacting, it's time to overreact. The minute I saw Graham Couch tweet that that little excerpt, that that little that little tidbit right there, I was like, let me go ahead and double down on my final four future. Because if leadership's the issue and shot selection is what he's saying on the first day of practice. We are nasty. I had to laugh at that. Uh, yeah, you're worried about leadership five seconds after you just compare Jeremy Fears to a Mateen Cleaves-esque leader on a team that starts fourth year, fifth year, 
third year, fifth year, third year. I don't think leadership should be a problem. You're probably right on that. Uh, he did. He called out a couple other things briefly that, again, minor concerns in my opinion, but they they apply more to how good Michigan State will actually be. Like he talked about not having a post scorer. Uh, they weren't a great team at scoring from inside last year. Jaden Akins was a part of that. Like he just hasn't been a good finisher in his career, even though all reasons of him as a basketball player should make him a good finisher. So it'll be interesting because like, you know, they, they definitely have lob threats now. They definitely have guys who can fly around. Um, and Cohen Carr and Xavier Booker are going to play where they play is interesting to me. And it goes back to his, we're going to play 11 guys thing, because if you go up and down the roster, there's 12 scholarship players in this roster, I believe. Correct. Uh, yes, I believe that's correct. So the, the 12 guys, if we're going up and down, who's going to play and who might not AJ Hogard, Tyson Walker, Jaden Akins, Malik Hall, Madi Sissoko are going to play. Jeremy fears is going to play backup minutes. Xavier Booker and Cohen Carr are going to get on the court. That's eight guys. Then you're left with revolving door centers, which includes Jackson Kohler and Carson Cooper. And then you're left with fifth guard, Trey Holloman, and the other freshman, Garrick Normand. I believe that's the 12 players on this team. So Mm -hmm. uh, if Izzo was just kind of doing a like, hey, we're going to play everybody thing, I think he could have just said, yeah, we might play 12. He didn't do that. So I I think there is an element of like, oh, I've been scoping this out and I intend to have an 11 man rotation. And I'm curious who that 11th guy is, because I think he's going to play all the centers. I think he's going to play Cooper and Kohler no matter what. Uh, I don't think he's satisfied with whoever a starting center is and he might mix Booker in, but they got four guys that could play center minutes. I think he intends to either play one of Holloman or Norman and not play the other. And I know what I would do between those two. I want to know what you would do between those two. I play Norman. I play Norman. And this is not a Norman versus Trey argument in my eyes. This, cause this is, this is where I'm coming from on this one. I, I don't want Trey's minutes to eat into Jeremy fears minutes. I don't want Trey's minutes to eat into Jay Nakins playing some minutes at the one or the two. Like, I don't want that to be eaten into. And, you know, just looking at it from a, a basketball skill standpoint of what they do well, this team's biggest question mark is who's going to be the shooters. Like, you have Jay Nakins, you have Tyson Walker, you lose Joey Hauser. Norman's a guy who comes in with the, uh, you know, the, the, the label as a shooter. So if a team that needs shooting – has a guy and you're deciding a team that needs shooting and you're deciding who that 11th guy is, you might lean towards the guy who actually, you know, is the better shooter of the two players. Um, but then again, you know, Izzo might be thinking, I want the guy who's maybe a more dynamic defender. And I know that the, all the reports are that uh, Gary's got a long way to come defensively. Uh, Trey Holloman at worst, I think could be a really good defensive guy. So you know, I don't really know, but right now, based on the team's needs, I would I would leave Norman being that guy. Okay. Yeah. I think like Norman's path to me is like if the team needs shooting, is he a shooter? And I think he is. Uh, I've talked about it. I think he's a shooter with size and some shit to him. And I, I do have questions. Like Cohen Carr can't shoot. We want him on the floor. 
Xavier Booker, we don't know how well he can shoot, even though he wants to drift to the perimeter sometimes. Uh, Malik Hall, like, we don't know. We think he is a good shooter on paper, but we don't know. Like, if all of those guys are, like, 33% three-point shooters or worse, then I think there's a path to Norman just out of necessity of maybe needing a fourth shooter on the floor. Um, But to me, like, five guards is too many guards. And I don't know how much we're going to do just Michigan State week-to-week talk this year. We'll obviously talk about it on the show because we're doing daily episodes and that's going nowhere. And we've done unscripted the podcast in the past. I think we still need to determine what that is going to look like this year because I don't want that to disappear for Michigan State fans uh, the moment their team gets good after the last two years. But uh, we just haven't figured that out logistically yet. Point is... If that exists, you're going to hear me all season long saying five guards is too many guards. No good team should be playing five guards. You just shouldn't. And I get that like Aikens. What if we're playing three guards though? That's what I'm saying. I get that you're playing three guards and Aikens is at the three, whatever. You could just do what you're doing with five guards with four though. Like there, there is no reason that Holloman needs minutes unless he proves that he deserves them. And maybe he will, right? Like I know I've essentially written him off, but as far as I know from everything I have seen about him as a player this summer and all the incoming guys, he's not better than any of the other four. He's not better at anything than Jaden Akins. He's not better at anything than Jeremy fears. Maybe defense. We got to see, but uh, on paper, I want Fears, Aikens, Hogard, and Walker to get all of the minutes. If there's 120 minutes available and those guys are playing one, two, and three, I want those split up between those four guys. I don't even want Holloman to be on for five minutes because I think it's pointless. I think you've got four guys that can play it. And realistically, like you're going to sprinkle in Carr or Norman at the three a little bit or Malik Hall down at the three. So um, to me, it's just too many. Five is too many. And I think that's what Izzo was intending to do with this. I don't think he was like, hey, we might play 11 and Norman might be one. I think it's much more likely like uh, Holloman's my guy. He's in the rotation. And that's notable for me because I don't think he needs to be, but we'll come back to it. Uh, bottom line is you should be really excited. This team's going to be nasty, man. Yeah, a hundred percent. And one last thing I want to add, and I hate to do this and I hate to be this guy, but you, you kind of got me on the overreacting train a little bit. I do think that it actually holds some weight, no pun intended that Jay Nakins actually added like 10 pounds. If he did, because I think a lot of what he struggled with at the rim was because of his strength and his weight. Okay. Yeah, maybe. Um, Madi Sissoko putting on 25 pounds. Now I don't really know what that's going to do. I just, I don't care about offseason weight updates at all. I do not care. Unless a guy what, went from like. What about two, losing weight? Yeah. If a guy went from like 320 to 280 and he's a center, then, oh, wow, he really got in shape. But like, oh, sorry, the point guard that you play at the three added 10 pounds. Whoa, that really shifts shit for me now, huh? Like uh, Rothstein was like uh, sources out of East Lansing say Mati Sissoko has added 20 pounds. He's really added muscle. You idiot. Like muscle has not been the problem. Has he added <laughs> basketball instincts? Has he been on the jug machine? Like it's it's driving me insane, man. Um, I, But I don't know. Y- y'all are going to be nasty. That's my takeaway. Like uh, overreact guy. This team's fun. First and foremost, whether or not oh, they're man, that that fears dime to Booker to him just I need it, man. Like the you, you know Ma- who he dunked on, right? Madi's not Madi's not doing that. He's he, not. No, of course not. You know who he dunked on, right? Was it Cooper? No. Was it Jackson? It was Jax. Damn. 
Yeah, I did the I did the body language investigative uh, search this morning, and they had different accessories on. You could tell who was who. It was Jax. Okay, well, let me flip this narrative then. Would have been more impressive if it was if it was on Cooper, but maybe Booker has that dog in him. Got sick of everybody talking about how Kohler had that fifty ball. So any chance he gets in practice, he's he's taking he's he's punching on Kohler. I just think it's this: like if that was any of the other three centers, and they catch a no look dime with two feet on the ground, and somebody just actually walling you up, Madi's fumbling that, dribbling three times, and then kicking out. Carson Cooper might try to dunk it, but he's probably losing the ball on the way up or getting fouled or something. Uh, Kohler is like taking it, collecting himself, doing three shimmies and attempting a fadeaway hook. Like Xavier Booker just caught that shit, wasn't rattled, had someone guarding him and dunked on his head. Like that, that is an element Michigan State hasn't had. And I get like, you go back through the AJ Hogard years, man. He's one of the best passers in the country. He always has been. He's been throwing the ball to Julius Marble, Marcus Bingham, who couldn't even stay on the floor, Joey Hauser, Thomas Kithier, and now Carson Cooper, Mati Sissoko, and Jackson Cole. He's never had a lob threat. He's never had a guy who can just dunk the basketball. Now he has two of them. <laughs> I needed that lob threat at the end because I didn't like Joseph Jamal being in that list. No, just like he's got – he had six plotting centers and Marcus Bingham, whose lungs were filled with so many non-good things at all times. <laughs> like it just – it's going to be eye-opening, I think. Anyone who's skeptical of what Booker and Carr can do are going to get awakened quickly when they just realize they don't even need to be anything special to just run and dunk. And that's going to open so much up for Hogard and everybody else by default. Um so, yeah, y'all are going to be good. It's going to be fun. I'm excited for Michigan State basketball. Contrary to popular belief, I like it when you guys are good because, one, I like watching good basketball, and to me it makes this whole rivalry element of this way more fun, and the Big Ten needs it. So I'm looking forward to it. It's the most excited I've been for a Michigan State season since the uh, probably the sophomore year of redacted Josh Langford, Cassius Winston. Yep, same. Yeah, Very excited. All right, uh, final topic today. Oh, my bad. Didn't see you there. You've been finding a void in your life, something that you need a sense of community, a sense of want, a sense of being there. What better place than to join the Sleepers Media Discord where we have a community, we have discussions, we have engagements, and we have betting advice in there. For anyone who wants to get into that betting world, we are more than happy to be your betting Obi-Wan Kenobi and lead you to the greatness of maybe greener pastures and more money. But for the small price of $9.99, if you join on the web, don't join on mobile, join on the web, you can join Sleepers Media Discord and you can have the safety and the beauty of being able to talk to me and Greg at any time you want. And we are active in the Discord. So I don't know what you're waiting for. Join the Discord, Sleepers Media, $9.99 on the web. Do it now. I wanted to talk about who is like a total slept on Big Ten guy. So I framed it like this. Puka Nakua has just come out of absolutely nowhere. Like I get, he played at BYU, but uh, I mean, nobody knew who this dude was. Nobody expected a thing from him. And now he's like the most targeted player in the NFL. Part of that's because Cooper cups out and Matt Stafford's special when he locks in on one receiver. But point is Puka Nakua went from nothing to, Oh damn, that guy might be a pro bowler in like three weeks. Who could do that in the big 10 this year? Uh, we've seen all the top 25 lists. We've talked about like, breakout guys, blah, blah, blah. I want to know who's the guy that isn't being talked about, isn't on any of these lists. 
that there is like a real chance, maybe not a big one, but a chance that at the end of the season, this is a first team, all big 10 player. And looking back through the years, like there were obvious breakout candidates like Jaden Ivey was an obvious breakout guy. I think some people saw Johnny Davis coming. Some people didn't, but I'm really looking for a name. That's like this dude came off the grid and now he's a first team big 10 player. And if you don't have any, you can say you don't have any, but I think we both have a couple. So who are you bringing to this table? Okay. So before I do get going on this first team, all big 10 might be a stretch for both of these guys. Um, but one less of a stretch than the other, I'll say. Uh, and they both came from the same team. Just letting that be known. Uh, and the first guy that came to mind is Justin Harmon from Illinois. So I think he played extremely well on the overseas trip. I, I think he really did. And he showed me something also in like the practice clips that I watched that I didn't necessarily think he had coming in. Uh, obviously, we saw him play at Utah Valley last season. I was skeptical when I watched him there, but I, I, I don't know. I was a little bit more like, I need to watch him closely after seeing the practice clips and the overseas trips and things like that. And there's a world where I think that Underwood pivots from the Ty Rogers point guard experience. And it's just like, you know what? It's not working out. Let's just play Ty uh, at another position. And let's just, let's, let's pivot to Harmon being the point guard of this team. And I think there's a world where he can emerge and take over that spot and give them some type of not only just, steadiness but also some very good play at the point guard position and he's a guy that i don't think anybody's really mentioning and they mentioned him last when they're talking about illinois but i do think there's a world where he becomes not like a first team all big 10 guy but like a really really good big 10 point guard and i don't know where that and, and i don't know where that gets him like maybe it gets him like third team or something like that but i i think that he could be set up to have a really good year, especially depending on the the Ty Rogers point guard experience. So you changed the rules though. Did I? <laughs> yeah. Cause the whole, the only rule I had was give me someone who could, there is a okay. world where he's, a well, let me, well, then let, let me pivot to my other guy though. I really just wanted to get a Justin Harmon shout in there. I, respect but, it. Uh, I, well, actually, I was going to say, I like your pick. I think better than mine and I'll get to it in a moment, but I, I like that pick because there is like a, a previous path here. He would do the Jalen pick at Tyson Walker, right? Like, I, no, nobody had those guys as like, oh, that's one of the best guards in the Big Ten. And then two years later, he was there. I don't know if it's going to be this year for Harmon. It would need to be this year, I think. But, like, there is a precedent there, right? And I've shrugged mm -hmm. him off every time we've ever talked about it. But you're right. He did look pretty good in the film from the overseas trip. So uh, I like that pick. I just don't think you should have backed off and said, maybe it's third team, like, yeah, stand by, stand by the pick if it hits. Yeah, he you're right. You're right. I got soft about it. But the other guy that I picked, while I was going back and forth with, is is Damask. Okay. I think Damask. I think Damask could be first team on Big Ten. I do. He's got the game. He's got the skill. I think that you know you don't want to look at it as like he's a Matthew Meyer replacement, but I don't know if he's as good as Matthew Meyer. But I think he likes basketball and likes being there more than Matthew Meyer, and that's going to account for something. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, okay. We're kind of going back and forth here, which is fine. I have a different Illinois name though. It's <laughs> all, all Illinois guys. It's, it's the obvious one, but this is, this is the Illinois. It's, I think it is Ty Rogers. And Ty I've talked, I've talked about my skepticism of him, but, uh, maybe people would push back and say, this guy is on the radar. He is talked about. I don't think anyone's taking him serious though. Like I, I think the, 
outside of Illinois, outside of Champagne circles, I think everyone has the reaction you and I do, which is like laughing at the idea of Ty Rogers being a point guard. If Ty Rogers hits, like if he was an A plus out of A plus, best case version of himself, that's a first team All Big Ten guy, right? <laughs> like if he actually is this jumbo point guard that is getting like seven rebounds a game and five assists, and who knows how much he's scoring, like. I don't know that that would be one of one. It would be unicorn style. Good. And I know like they have Terrence Shannon, who's a lock first team, all big 10 guys. So that's probably the biggest obstacle to any other Illinois guy being on it. But uh, I think it's more likely Rogers than any of the other guys we've named would be the ceiling guy. And uh, I'm skeptical of that happening for all the reasons I've talked about in the past, but uh, for this exercise specifically where it's like, who's off the radar that could come on. It's definitely Ty. Like he he could explode and be way better than we expect. And all of a sudden, Illinois is a top 10 team in the country. Okay. I like that. But because we had to dodge the clickbait allegations, can we pick one non-Illinois player? I have two non-Illinois players. Oh, please. Okay. You want both of them? Yes. This one I was expecting you to say at some point. So sorry if I'm cutting you off. Ohio State Buckeyes, Roddy Gale. So now, I, there were a couple names I considered here. I thought about Akpara because I don't think he's getting enough love. But I think people actually are kind of talking about Akpara. Like, because UM Hoops and Inside the Hall listed Zed Key at 10, it, it caused so much pushback of everybody else being like, you have the wrong center on this list. Nobody's mentioning Roddy Gale at all. And again, if you were at the Big Ten tournament last year, Carter and I were. It was a great time. Roddy was special. He was different for the first two rounds of that tournament. And we've gassed up Bruce Thornton a ton. I still am buying Bruce stock. I think he's incredible. But like Roddy reminds me of Bruce Brown a lot. And uh, I don't know if that's just like an aesthetic vibe, but to me, like he's this bouncy Kind of is though. He, he's but. this bouncy two guard that can play with the ball in his hands. That's a good defender that can score like, I, we all are on the breakout sophomore train. I've said that a ton. I just think Roddy Gale belongs in the conversation the same way Bruce Thornton does. And there is a world where Roddy Gale is Ohio State's best player this year. And if that happens, like, yeah, first team all conference numbers are in the equation for Roddy Gale Jr. I like that pick. That was actually a guy I was considering for mine, too, along okay. with Akpara. Okay. Just because I feel like doesn't Akpara have a good enough season and like everything that they slide everything they slide Cliff into first team for, like if you think about it, to me Akpara is a better version of or ends up being a better version than Cliff. I just don't know when he takes that step, but I think he ends up being a better version than him. I like that on paper. I like that call out. Um, yeah, I just my only the reason I went Gale over Akpara is I don't see Akpara's numbers. I don't see any world where Akpara is like leading scorer on Ohio state. And I mm. think whoever is the guy that would jump up the first team would need to be that. And I do think there's a chance Roddy Gale could be what we think Bruce Thornton is. All right, here's my third name. This is probably the most controversial one. We've talked about the guy before I've been, I mean, screaming about how high I am on this kid all off season. Bro. Trey Jackson is not going to do anything. It's Trey Kaufman. Ren. No, I thought I, when you said Trey, I thought you nailed it. So we don't wish injury on anybody, obviously, especially this guy. But if Zach Eady was unavailable at any point this season, I think you would immediately see how good Trey Kaufman Wren can be. And this would be a bet strictly on something like that happening. But again, back to the Puka Nakua thing. Why is Puka looking great right now? Cooper Cup's out. Cooper Cup is not here. 
if Zach Eady, if God forbid, knock on wood, it doesn't happen. If something happened to him, I think Kaufman Ren is immediately a double double every single night. Like I, I think they are immediately getting like 15, 16, and 10 nights from this guy. And nobody sees that coming. Like, I'm sure people are going to listen to this and just totally laugh at me. Like, how do I, how do I possibly think their backup center that is going to try to play at the four with him can do this? I think he's a monster. You guys, I'm calling it. Like I see it. He looked so good in the overseas trip without Zach Eady. He was Purdue's best player alongside Braden Smith on the trip overseas. And I can't wait. I love Zach Eady. I love everything he does for the big 10 and Purdue. I can't wait for the post-Zach Eady era because I am ready for the Trey Kaufman Ren era. And uh, again, uh, doesn't mean the doesn't mean the Will Berger. It's the Trey Kaufman Ren era, my friend. I promise. This kid is special. I think this kid is absolutely special. And uh probably won't be this year. There's a world where it is like imagine imagine if the worst case thing happened. Imagine if it's the second game of the season and Zach Eady suffers something that has him out for three months. That would be horrendous. I hope it doesn't happen. It's terrible. I hate thinking about it. But imagine if it did, and they put Trey Kaufman Ren in, and he averaged 16 and 10 the rest of the year, and Purdue stayed a top five team in the country. Is he not like Big Ten Player of the Year? If that happens, he, like, he would get consideration. It might happen, and I, I don't think that's as crazy as anybody else we've named. Like we're we're kind of going up and down, stretching for guys that uh maybe it could have. Like I think it would happen if Kaufman Ren was put in that position this year. I, I, I like that shout. I was surprised that you didn't lead with Trey Kaufman, Ren. That's why I thought you was going to be your 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 main point guy. It's just too hard to see because I mean we all hope Zach Eady is the national player of the year, and there's no world where they're both on a first team All Big Ten team. But um, hopefully, I mean, one day we will see Trey Kaufman, Ren as a solo best player in the front court. It'll be great. I don't mean to pat ourselves on the back, but those are some damn good shouts by us on that segment. It's a good segment today. Good show today, honestly. I think uh, yeah. you deserve a lot of credit. I liked your energy today. So because uh, It's because we, we got a guy. Yeah. I mean, we're not going to not bring our A game when we get a guy. Are you kidding me? Yeah, come on. One big thing presented by Big B. I'm already telling you right now, I, I didn't pay attention to your word of the day again. This is really hard to do. Mm. Yeah, I, I got it. What is it? Do you want to even take a guess? I don't. I don't have a guess. I just completely oh. forget about it in the middle of the episodes. I, I, I'm glad uh, it was parameters. I don't even remember you saying that today. Yep, I said said it during the first segment. Now I'm in my head because now I'm I've missed two straight, and I know shooters shoot, but like when I miss two straight, I'm really rattled by it. I don't miss two straight often, so ugh, ugh. Okay, I got to be better. I'll be better tomorrow. What's your one big thing presented by Bigby today? Uh, you know, I, I, I feel like I've been pretty sentimental on my last couple, couple, one big thing. So this one's going to just be a little bit more, more violent than usual. Okay. Um, and it's going to be on the theme of driving. I, maybe I have road rage, maybe I don't, but there's nothing worse than or nothing. Sorry. Nothing worse than when someone goes slow in the left lane and refuses to move over I'm not saying like you got to drive like a madman. I'm not saying I'm going to be going crazy, going like 85 in the left lane. But if I'm in the left lane, I'm probably going like five-ish over. I'm going at least 75. And yesterday I'm driving and I'm going 75 and I'm expecting somebody to move over just because they're going completely slow, probably 60 in the left lane. And they just don't move over. And then I go to go in the right lane to pass them and they move to the right. And I'm like, okay. So I go back to the left. 
And this blankety blank shifted back to the left in front of me. What, what, why is there pride for the left lane? Just move over and let me go. So he, so he forced me to pull a Dom Toretto fast and furious. I had him with a, the shit right around his ass and gave him the look like, what's wrong with you, bro? So don't be that guy. Just get out of the left lane. There's nothing wrong with going that speed. Just don't do it in the left lane. What were you going to say with blankety blank? Uh, we got to bring down the cussing on this podcast. Okay. All right. Yeah. Family show. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I endorse that message for the record. I hate, I hate bad drivers in general. Really don't like it. Sorry. You had to go through that. What's your biggest driving ick? Uh, I mean, it might be that honestly. Um, Mine is people that don't know how to drive on roundabouts. I don't run into that very much. A lot of roundabouts on this side of the state. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to th- I guess I, I really despise when people don't put their turn signal on. I don't like that at all. Like if a car's like slowing down to turn right on just like a main road and I'm behind them and like I can tell they're getting down to five miles an hour and a 35, I dog, like put the signal on so I can go around you to the left. Yeah. Sub subcategory of that people to put their turn signal on. Like way like there's a turn before, but they're not turning for another two streets or like to the next street, but their turn signal's already on. I thought you were turning in the target. Like, why is your turn signal already on? Yeah. Yeah, it's a good one too. A lot of a lot of driving X, I think. Okay. Good call out today. I like that. Um okay. Sick so I yesterday used, sick I used the word ick. Who am I? God yes, e- yesterday I gave an elderly update. I have another elderly update. And it I'm might Gertrude. Uh, it might surprise some people here. So I said yesterday, in the spirit of what Ryan Day and uh, the Dickert, the the Washington State coach, were doing, I said that if Gertrude and Eleanor disrespected me, I would not come on here and prey on their downfalls. Well, today, Carter, uh, so I got out a little earlier than normal for my run today, which means instead of crossing them on my walk back, on the main street, which is like about the 50% checkpoint of my run path. I now cross them near the beginning of their walk path. They live on my street. So they were, they were like probably 5% into their path. I'm 95% through my path. They're across the street from me. I'm on the other side. But again, see each other daily at this point. Like we, I would like to think we're run walk buddies myself. Gertrude and Eleanor car today. I kid you not. I'm preparing myself. Like I'm looking over early. I'm head back down. I'm looking over early. I'm getting the whole shoulder turn. Like I'm getting ready to give like a nice wave. Hello today. Not asking for more than that, but cart these two women, these two women I've come to know and love that I thought I had a special bond with kept their head down, did not even look up and there was conversation happening so i know they weren't still brain dead it was early in the morning but they're mid stroll mid talk and i can't get just a little eye contact i can't get a wave normally at the very least eleanor gives me the eyes gertrude's always been locked in on her her steps but i i was hurt i'm not gonna lie so i said i would be the bigger person i said that 
I got to say this. I hope they have a bad day. I hope they have some coffee that's a little bit cold this morning because they're not too good for this. And I took this personal, okay? They have to set an example. They've been around the block. They've got children. They've got grandchildren that look up to them, that expect them to set the precedent of being a nice person, of being a considerate neighbor who sets the tone for my day to be a good one. And I don't mean to be selfish, but I came on here today and gave an A-plus effort. Don't think that that wasn't a result of the chip on my shoulder that was added to the crack that's already on my shoulder because Gertrude and Eleanor thought they were too good for me today. All right? I got you today, and I'll be trying to get you again tomorrow. But if you look my direction tomorrow, there's a good chance I might not be looking back. It's by one big thing, presented by Bigby. I love that energy. We'll see you Wednesday, everybody. Have a fantastic Tuesday. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.